to not just build a superficial person, but to build a person of Pneumius, to build a person who is not just externally a Yid, externally a Ben Tyra, but a Ben Tyra to his Pneumius, to his core of his being. That is the goal of the Yeshiva, to produce a sophisticated Ben Tyra, who's a Ben Tyra through and through, Toichai Kibarei. And certainly the emphasis is on Pneumius, with externals matter very much. And externals often help us in internals and getting internal values, but a tremendous dugish, a focus in the yeshiva on Pneumius. And ultimately, the externals easy. In the words of our Rosh Yeshiva, Shlita, he says, first we have to build a head, and then on a head we put a hat on that head. The Pneumius first, and certainly afterwards the Chitzainius, or together, or the Chitzainius for the Pneumius. One of the things, one of the midas, one of the inner values that we learn here, that we study here, that is the essence of the yeshiva. The Shabbos we just had was an unbelievable Shabbos. And certainly you can't point to one thing that happened on the Shabbos, the learning, the zmiris, the, the Shabbos afternoon learning, the zmiris, everything was beautiful. But the Yisait of Shabbos is a day of toiv lahaydaislashem, of akaras toiv, of thanking Hashem. And in Yeshiva we take the opportunity every Shabbos to give out thank yous. For a Yid's essence is a makir toiv. We're called Yehudim which means the Svasema says thankers. And we want Bachram to emerge from here, Makire Toiv, people who have Akaras Toiv. And we've done this, I've said this many times, but not in the presence of the person I'm about to thank, because this is not a platitude, this is not done as a Hanifa of flattery. This is something that it would be tragic, and it would, you've never gone to the yeshiva, if you don't emerge a more appreciative person, then you didn't learn here truly. Then you were only in the walls of the yeshiva. The yeshiva is not walls, it's ideals. And I want every bacher, not in a way, it's not the cheer that, you're, that you give or don't give right now. The akaras that we owe to a yid here who came today, who has done unbelievable things for the yeshiva for years, and has given and given to the, to the yeshiva. In this summer, I've said this over countless times, a month before this man, Waterbury Yeshiva was closed, there was no location for the high school. It was very evident we had no place. And it was clear we had, the yeshiva had spent tremendous energy meeting with the government, different people, we were, we, we were shut down. Zoning issues, we were done. A month before, I never had such a stressful summer in my life. Knowing the yeshiva that was that's so important to me, and I believe is a place that Hashem loves, and I couldn't understand it. My wife would be mechazik mayamuna. Hashem has a plan. Lemay said there was no yeshiva, there was no waterbury yeshiva, and it's so fitting that Megalglin's chos al Hashem sent his yeshua through a mishpacha that has just been working and giving and doing for the yeshiva for years. So to have the opportunity today to thank in front, but we, we appreciate even when you're not here, everything that's going on in the yeshiva. And there's been a revolution of aliyah, what's gone on the last few months, and the asmada, the, everything that's picking up gorgeous. People that are committing, making serious and significant changes for life. 
the Kiddush that's going on, this Mishpacha gets, gets a tremendous chelak, pashat, in all the successes that we have. And we are makir in a real profound way. We're appreciative while we enjoy this beautiful campus. And we utilize it to grow. We're happy here. We're comfortable here. And we're having such successes. The likes of which we've never seen in the history of the yeshiva. And b'siyata the shmaya, the mishpacha, that was the conduit of this bracha, is the Rabinowitz mishpacha. And... <clears throat> I want to publicly say for myself that I appreciate Rabbi Yisrael Rabinowitz has been a supporter, a fan of the yeshiva, cared about the yeshiva, and has been a loyal person dedicated to the success of this yeshiva from day one. I am person on behalf of the Rosh Yeshiva, the Rebbeim, and every bacher here. What you have and what your zeicha, and everybody knows how precious the matzav that we have, and the Rebbeim, everything that we have, this mishpacha has a chelik in, and I personally want to be makitav, and thank you, Rabbi Yisrael, for everything you do for the yeshiva. I honestly have waited for this day, because Yitzchak does and does for the yeshiva, Rabbi Yitzchak, and he is the one who found this campus, he's the one who cared to look at a time that we were down, at a time that the chips were down, and Rav Yitzchak all summer was busy to help the yeshiva survive and thrive. So I've been waiting for opportunities, and we, this won't be the only opportunity. So Rav Yitzchak's here. Rav Yitzchak, please stand up. Please stand up, Rav Yitzchak. I'm not done. I'm not done thanking them. This day is not about me, the, uh, me or us thanking the Rabinowitz Mishpacha, but I'm certainly not done. And if we keep thanking the rest of our lives, we won't be done. This is the yeshiva of Kiddush Amayim. People get closer to Hashem. And in this yeshiva of Kiddush Amayim, that two people have so invested in the yeshiva and so given themselves to the yeshiva, we can't be done thanking them. And in a yeshiva that specifically teaches the pnimius of Yiddishkeit. And the ikr of Yiddishkeit is to be a thanker. The Chavis Halvavis is highest madreg of Yid. When we think about the Spitz Yid, the Tzaddik, the Gadol, we're referring to somebody who's appreciative, who has Akar Satoiv. He's Makir Toiv to his creator, the ultimate Akar Satoiv. The start of that is to be Makir Toiv to people around us to appreciate the poorers, all those that give to us, and then we trace it back to Hashem. So I am not done thanking the Rabinowitz Mishpacha, but for now we have to, there are other agendas of the day, Baruch Hashem, but I want to say to the Rabinowitz Mishpacha that every single person here owes you tremendous gratitude, and the Mishpacha should be zeich to continue to have the chelak and being people that are supporters of Tyra, learners of Tyra, builders of Tyra, the Mishpach, Rabbi Yisrael, you and your family should continue to bring tremendous Kedah Shemayim. I want to... I, it's important to me, we're talking about what we're striving to produce, and we're talking about inner values we want to raise people that are idealists, that are idealists for Hashem, that have a premius, that care about Kiddush Shemayim, and that spend their lives bringing, promoting, and creating Kiddush Shemayim.
And it's important for me that the Bachram here meet idealistic people. It's very, very important to me. And because I want the Bachram themselves to be tempted and drawn into a life of idealism. And we try in all different ways to bring down people, idealistic people, tzaddikim, gedolim, talmidei chachamim, people who take their values, who take their talents and dedicate them to Hashem. Always in the yeshiva, a bachar has a talent, has a gift. We always try to find ways that that gift is utilized for others better. For others, for others, really giving over your gifts. Tein mishaloi. Using your gifts, not forgetting about your gifts, using them to bring Kiddush Shamayim. You have a good voice, use that voice for Kiddush Shamayim. Kabbalah Hashem, any mile you have, using for Kiddush Shamayim. That we're Zaycha today, and I will ask somebody to introduce this speaker, but we're Zaycha today to have a speaker. For years I have followed, I have, I, Doylem knows I enjoy reading, and for years I have read much from Reis Webel. And I want to say that we're Zaycha to have somebody today who in a beautiful, clear way can articulate the positions of the G'dayla Yisrael, can articulate the positions of the From, Yid, of the from Yidin, we speak about Kiddush Shamayim and the importance of somebody to be able not just to know the truths, but to be able to articulate it. Our job is to be a light onto the nations. Our job is to be understood, to be people that are easily understood. A people of Hashem are understandable people. When somebody meets a Yid, the janitor of the yeshiva said this morning, he tainted, I want to be a, why, weren't they, why didn't they convert me yet? I want to be a Jew. That's not a Chiddush. He works here. He's around authentic Jews. Of course, he's amazed and impressed. That's obvious. That's Pashat. A person's job is to be PR for Hashem. People are supposed to meet us, and they're supposed to say, Ashrei Aviv Shalim Deitaira, Ashrei Rabbi Shalim Deitaira. So to have somebody here today who's given his considerable talents, his unbelievable talents for Klal Yisrael, for the sake of Klal Yisrael, and specifically... Somebody has an unbelievable ability, if you've read any of his articles, and I've read many, an unbelievable knack of articulating what the Torah says about matters, what our G'daylam say about important matters that take place in the world, who can articulate all of Orthodox Jewry from Yidin, the Torah perspective on all different matters, that is precious to have such a Yid join us, a Yid who's given his amazing talents to Klal Yisrael. So it's a tremendous chus that we all have, and I thank Rabbi Zwebel for taking the time out to come to, come to the yeshiva and to speak to us, to introduce to introduce Rabbi Zubel, I'm going to ask somebody also who's a friend of the yeshiva, who's helping the yeshiva tremendously. I want to ask Ravari Sharf to please introduce Rai Zubel. You like to lift your phone? Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, first of all, I just want to say good morning, good afternoon to everyone. Um, it's, it's really a pleasure to be here. I just want to say that, um, you know, being able to speak to a group of guys uh, in English, believe it or not, is actually a, a, a great opportunity for me here today, and I'll explain to you why. I've gotten involved with a few programs recently that involved uh, the Hasidic Oilam in uh, Brooklyn. Some, some of the most incredible people in my life that I've ever met are, are part of this community. And uh, they invited me to a Malava Malka recently, and um, the son of the Rebbe, 
who made the Malav Malka, insisted that I come, so I said, okay, I'll come. When I got there, every speech was in Yiddish, and I don't speak a word of Yiddish. But I noticed as I was sitting there that the people at the table were looking at me and kind of like smirking, you know, that I don't speak Yiddish, and they were sort of like making fun of me that I wasn't understanding a word that the speaker was saying. So what I decided to do was to push back and to make them think that I do speak Yiddish, and I turned to the guy next to me. I said, you know, this speaker, he has no idea what he's talking about. First of all, the Gemara is not in Menachas, it's in Sanhedrin. And uh, the Pasuk that he quoted wasn't even in Bereshis, it was uh, in Vayikra. So the guy turns to me and he says, do you know who that guy is? I said, no. So he said, uh, that's my son. So I said to him, I said, do you know who I am? And he said, no. I said, good, and I changed my seat. <laughs> so, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. It's not cool enough I came on a helicopter. I had to impress you with my little story. All right, so basically, what, what are we doing here today? Um, you know, I look around the room. I know a lot of you. Um, I'm involved with Project Nisora. Um, but, but the true success of Project Missouri, what I do, is about where we are here today. You know, I look around the room, I see kids from every single city across the country. I see so many kids from so many different families that I know, and I see something more incredible than, than that, that Baruch Hashem, you're all very happy. And before I even get into anything, I just want to, first of all, uh, I really want to give a tremendous akarasatav, not only for me, but on behalf of the Klal, for financially taking on the responsibility, seeing every day that things can happen. I want to thank Rabbi Kaufman very, very much. <laughs> Together with his Shutfim, Yisrael Rabinowitz, and the board of directors, Rabbi Kaufman made sure that not only do you have a beautiful campus, not, that you have, not only that you had everything up and running and you're going to see a lot of growth here in Mitzvah You're going to see renovations of building buildings. You're going to see Mitzvah we're talking about now, even building a, a special recreational building with an indoor swimming pool. You're going to see a lot over here. And, and what's most important, what's most important, what's most important is the constant calling of Rabbi Kaufman to, to Yisrael Moshe Weinberg, Weinrib, sorry, so much a Weinrib to I know him all by first names. So much a Weinrib to Yudi, um, of course, to Yisrael Rabinowitz, who's been uh, Baruch Hashem answering our calls the past couple of days. When the, and our calls get pretty intense, and the volume is up there. And also, of course, Yitz Rabinowitz, who makes sure on a daily basis that. <laughs> but, but the one thing Rabbi Kaufman always asks on the phone call, and another thing about this, about that, but one thing he always asks, and he always wants to know, does Rabbi Kalish have what he needs to make sure that the boys are happy? And Rabbi Kalish, I want to give a mamish a big extra call to Rabbi Kalish. It's an incredible... You know, usually I see it individually, whether I'm here 
or whether I'm in New York, whether I'm in Eretz Yisrael, and you know when they uh, when they talk about Kalish, you know, unfortunately, they don't have a whole group they can pull together and do all the clapping and chanting. So coming here today, it's a really meeting all those various people that have such a curse to Rabbi Kalish. Seeing it all in one room is just so beautiful. And once again, Yeshikar Rabbi Kalish for for everything that you do. We're gonna do th- we're gonna do this we're gonna do this two more times, all right? Okay. As I mentioned before, as I mentioned before, a very, very, a very, very important piece to Klal Yisrael, to the Jewish people, to the many, many, not just individuals and not just yeshivas, but communities all across the country, has become. Here, now, the new Durham campus here in Connecticut. And I want to say that when I speak to Rabbanim today, and I speak to Rosh Hashivas, and I speak to Baal they all want to know what is going on in Durham. What is going on that the boys there are mamish telling the whole world how wonderful it is here. And that's truly, truly what the Durham campus has become all about. It's become a place... It's a Makam Taira. It's a staff. Like, I don't know all of you individually, but every time I meet a Rebbe here, it's just like, just the warmest of the warm and the most wonderful. Here we are. This is the place everyone's talking about. And when you know a little bit about history, and this is something that, you know, I'm a tour guide. I go to Poland multiple times a year. In our history, there have been many, many different special places many, many different organizations, many, many different people that have brought about the ability for our community to succeed. When the Holocaust was over, when the war was over, no one talks about what happened after the war. All we know is there was a Holocaust and Nebuchadnezzar we lost. But the question is, how do we have the life in the world that we have here today? How do we have the pizza shops? How do we have the Svarim the uh, stores? How do we have all this as being able to walk around freely, not being afraid? Remember... Years ago, people were afraid to walk around with yarmulkes. Not only walking around with yarmulkes today, if we have a job, we, we're not threatened to be there on Shabbos and on Sunday, otherwise we lose a job. There's a tremendous amount that has been done over the years. And one of those organizations that did a tremendous amount, and I've met so many survivors, and they told me that they are not only from today, but they're healthy and functional, and they have families of grandchildren in, 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 the, in the ballpark of 40, 50, 100 grandchildren and great-grandchildren, because when they came to America, and already when they were in Europe, that organizations helping them, like the Agudas Yisrael. Now, the Agudas Yisrael has many different things going on, and this is not about just the Agudas Yisrael, it's about the people who are involved in Klal work. And when we have the opportunity today to not even appreciate, and as Rabbi Kalish was talking about before, we have to develop into people who can appreciate. That's where successful people come from. They understand and know what to appreciate. We're living in a day and age today that we have the opportunity to live as Jews freely. If Chas Roshalom is a problem where a person gets fired because they wore a yarmulke, remember a guy can be making a great living at a company, but they start not liking him, how is he protected? And it's the individuals behind these organizations that make sure that these organizations function well. And we're going to talk about that in a second, and that's truly, truly about what we have to appreciate today. One of the busiest people right now in Kla Yisrael, one of the busiest, busiest people is Rechaim David Zubel. Right now, a new president is coming in. Rabbi Zubel just finished a conference 
first constituents in Chicago. He represents the national office of an organization that represents from Yidden, not just in New York City, not just in the New York State, New York City tri-state tri area, but also all throughout the country, Chicago, Miami, Los Angeles. That's who he represents, constantly getting phone calls all throughout the day. And with the new president and the new Congress just going in, Rabbi Zubel had his representatives in Washington already meeting with the new people in Congress because that's how things get done. That's how we're able to have what we need because we're representing ourselves as Jewish people, as firm people, and these are what our needs are. Please, we're here living in this country. Please help us. And that's what we're going to meet. But all that is under the direction of Rabbi Zubel, who then consults with the Rabbanim to understand which direction the Rabbanim want things to go in, and that's what Rabbi Zubel does. So it was impossible, impossible for him to come and to not only to know and learn about the Durham campus, but to come see the Durham campus firsthand. But he said, I'll tell you what, I have a meeting that ends at 10.30, and I've got to be back in New York by 1, one, by, uh, one o'clock. But I've got to be back in New York City for some afternoon meetings. And because Rabbi Zubel represents... My hundreds will be very brief. Yeah. <laughs> Because Rabbi Zubel represents hundreds of thousands of people throughout the country, and they're all calling him and constantly trying to get in touch with them to see what's going on, what's our next move, it's an incredible thing that he's here with us today. And not only is he going to share with us a few words and how, about how important he thought it was to come here, he's also at the end, um, a, he's going to have, uh, he's say hello to each and every one of you. Please come up, introduce yourself, tell him your name, tell him where you're from, anything you want to ask him. And, uh, and that's truly what, what Klai Yisrael is all about. The Klal coming together, having someone who can represent us, who goes to the Das Torah to make sure that we have everything that we need. Someone who actually was supposed to be here today, um, who I talked for many, many months about coming to see different, different things that's going on in Klai Yisrael, was an individual who not only was a Holocaust survivor, but truly, truly has everything that he has today. Children, grandchildren, and he really gives all the Akar Satayv to the people in Yagodis Yisrael many years ago who helped him build his life. And this individual is Benny Fishoff. Benny Fishoff, unfortunately, could not uh, be here today because, unfortunately, about two weeks ago, he fell into a coma. And uh, we're going to, uh, right now, on the phone, we're having his son, who's going who's gonna to be on the phone with us for a minute, and we're going to ask uh, Rukhaim David to come up and uh, say a capital to him for Benny Fishoff. With the with the uh, with all the Talmudim here. Adoi <laughs> Vi 
Nashila de Naimi Shimerim Labaike, Shimerim Labaike. Yachel Yisrael el Adonai, Him Adonai HaChesed v'harbei imoi fidus. V'hu Yifdes Yisrael mikoil Adonai sov. Mishaberach avaseinu avram Yitzchak v'yakov, Moshe Aaron David v'shleimu v'yivorech v'yirapeh esachay l'yichil ben Sion ben Miral. Okay. First, Bishus, the Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Kaufman, Rabbi Kalish, the whole Hanhola, the staff of remarkable people, idealists, as Rabbi Kalish said, who are building such an amazing structure here. But the structure is not just, of course, the physical plant and the physical facility, which is pretty amazing in and of itself, uh, and, and remarkable. And thank you, family Rabinowitz, for all that you have done to make this a reality, Baruch Hashem. Uh, but besides that building, something that is, uh, as, as, as Ari just pointed out, something that is becoming the talk of Kal Yisrael in a, certain, in a certain way. People are saying there's something very special going on in Durham. And it's an honor for me to be here. Yes, I do have lots of things going on. I figured it was either coming here or doing work, so, you know, I, I made the obvious choice. And... Um, now, I don't know why, but I, somebody said I should please speak in Yiddish. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Are you going to slug me up if I speak in Yiddish? What if I speak? Okay, next time maybe. Next time maybe. Let me tell you a little bit about myself um, and how I came to the position where I am right now. Again, my name is Chaim David Zwibel. I got... Um, Married in uh, 1974, that goes back a bit, and yeah, that wasn't a moment of applause, <laughs> uh, and I spent, uh, yeah! right, so we celebrated our 42nd anniversary uh, not so long ago, so Baruch Hashem, there you go. And for the first couple of years after we were married, I spent my time in Kailal. I was in Tyre Vadas, and I learned for a couple of years in Kailal, and two years in Kailal. And then I thought to myself, so what do, I, what do I want to do with my life? What do I want to do if I don't think I'm really cut out for going into, uh, into becoming a Rebbe or something like that? And I had gotten a degree in accounting by going to Brooklyn College. Do I want to be an accountant? No, I decided it didn't interest me too much. And I said to myself, you know what sounds interesting? I'm going to try law. I went to law school. So I went to Cardozo Law School, which is a division of YU, of Yeshiva University. And it was the very first year that the school opened up. So I felt like I was a little bit of a pioneer that year, just like you guys probably feel. Most of you came here in the first year of Durham, right? Or many of you, at least, came here in the first year of Durham. You're all pioneers. And being a pioneer is, a, is an exciting thing. On the one hand, you know, 
when you say, who, to whom are we looking up? The answer is, well, you've got to look up to ourselves. We've got to look up to, to one another. And that itself is something very special. Uh, and then you realize that uh, as time goes on, you will be the standard by which other people are, are, are you know, you're going to become the role models. So anyway, I went to Cardozo Law School, graduated in 1979, and then uh, happily, I, I did well in school. I was the editor-in-chief of Volume 1 of the Law Review, big deal. And I got a nice job at a law firm called Paul Weiss, Rifkin, Wharton, and Garrison, one of the large law firms in Midtown Manhattan. And I spent four and a half years there doing uh, corporate litigation, antitrust mergers, uh, you know, that kind of, those, those kinds of issues which um, uh, helped, helped the large companies uh, avoid paying money uh, to people that they cheated in business, you know, that kind of stuff. And... Um, and it was very interesting. You know, I, I had a client, it was interesting, I remember I had a client when I was at Paul Weiss who came to me and he said that, uh, you know, they, they want to do a certain transaction. It's an SEC transaction, the Securities and Exchange Commission. Could I please structure it in a way which would, uh, which would be maximal benefit? So I looked at it and I suggested something. I came back to the client and I said, here's my suggestion, here's my proposal. If you follow this approach, you'll be very far from the line that, uh, of, of legality. You don't have to worry about of illegality. You, you, this, there's no question. He says, you, you're far from the line. He, he came over to me and he grabbed me by the lapels. And he said, I'm not paying Paul Weiss fees so that somebody can keep me far away from the line of illegality. I want you to take me right up to the line of illegality. <laughs> don't let me cross it. But I want you to take me right up there. And that's what, and so this is, okay, this is the, the approach that I learned over there. This is what, and I said to myself, is this, is this really what I want to do with the rest of my life again? You know, the same kind of question. Until one day I got a visit from Rabbi Shmuel Bloom, Executive Vice President of Agudas Yisrael. And he came to me and he was, uh, I was in a law firm that was paying very nice salaries, so he was hoping to raise a little bit of money for the Aguda when he came to see me. And he started talking to me a little bit about uh, what my future plans and dreams are. And I told him a story. I said, you know, an interesting thing happened to me just a few weeks ago. This was shortly after Rosh Hashanah uh, that year in, uh, in 1983. And uh, I said, you know, I was walking home from shul and I turned to my oldest son, who was seven years old at the time, and I said to him, Sender, so what did you have in mind during davening? Right? Everybody has something in mind during davening. What did you as a seven-year-old, but what did you have in mind during davening? So he said two things. He said, Mashiach should come. Okay, that, that, that makes sense. Seven-year-old boys are hoping the Mashiach will come. And your office should burn. I suspect not necessarily in that order of importance to him at that time, but that's the way he told it to me. And the reason he said that your office should burn is because I was putting in so many hours in the rat race, and you go, you go to these large law firms, you have to put in like 60, 70 hours a week of work. So there would be times when I would come home at, you know, at midnight at night and, and, and leave first thing in the morning, and sometimes I wouldn't even do that. And, and, um, and I wouldn't see my family were it not for the fact that I was a Shomer Shabbos and came home for every Shabbos and saw my kids on Shabbos, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have spent time with my family. So this is what my son was saying. He's saying... I, I daven that your office should burn because I never see you. Um, that hit me pretty hard, and I told this to Rabbi Bloom, and I said, so frankly, if the right opportunity were to come up for me 
uh, where I could find something else to do with my life that wouldn't keep me quite as busy as this firm, as the law firm does, I would surely consider it. The next thing I knew, I got an invitation to meet with Rabbi Moshe Sher, Zechroni Levracha, who was the big giant uh, who led the Agudum. Can I just by, by a show of hands, how many of you heard of Rabbi Moshe Sher? Anybody hear that? Okay, so it's a name that a lot of people heard of. Okay, and uh, Rabbi Sher was, was in, in his time, uh, really the, the uh, pinnacle in terms of, of serving Klal Yisrael uh, as the as the Stadlon, as the advocate par excellence of the of the Torah community, and um, I came to have a meeting with him. So uh, we started talking a little bit, and Rabbi Bloom was there also. And I said, "It sounds very." He offered me a position in the organization. I said, "It sounds very interesting and very exciting." But you know, I'm earning a very nice salary at Paul Weiss, uh, and because I, I have a family, you know, I have to find parnasa for my family. What kind of parnasa will you be able to give me? I asked. So he said. Well, you know, we, for those of us who bench long ter- the, the long-form benching, we say, Harachaman hu yifarnaseinu b'chavayt. So he says, some of us get our parnasa with money, others will get, uh, get our parnasa with covet, with honor. He says, too much money you ain't going to get over here, but honor, covet, without, a, without any, any boundaries. You'll get a lot of that. Anyway, I tried it out on my wife. I didn't think it would go over very well with her, this idea of parnasa through covet rather than money. Uh, but uh, to my amazement, and... Um, and looking back, it was the most wonderful decision we ever made. Uh, she said, yeah, let's do it. And so I started working for Agudas Yisrael. And I remember, before I actually confirmed and said yes, I went to the, for the very first time to an event called the Aguda Convention. Again, if I, by show of hands, how many people have heard of an Aguda Convention? Okay, Aguda Convention, a place where people come together for, for a weekend usually, starting Thursday, Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, running through Sunday morning, and there's an opportunity to uh, hear uh, Rabbanim from different communities speak about different issues and interact with, uh, with Balabatim from all across the country and even from across the world. And I'd never been at one of these things before. I'd heard about it, but you know, now I'd just been offered a position with the Aguda. Let me see what this Aguda convention stuff is all about. So I decided I'd go for a Thursday, just for the Thursday. And I went up in the afternoon and then the evening, and I looked up at the dais. And they had a dais of Rabbanim in Russia Yeshiva. And some of them were wearing up hats, and some of them were wearing down hats, and some of them were from the Sephardi community, and some of them were from the Ashkenazi community, and some of them were Hasidish, and some of them were Litvish, and all different kinds, different kinds of Rabbanim. And then I looked around at the audience of, in which I was, of which I was a part. There were about 500 people sitting in the audience, and I looked around, and I saw, again, different kinds of head coverings, some of them, uh, some of them with, uh, with big black yarmulkes, some of them with kippot through goat, some of them with, uh, with, with, uh, with hats, some of that. You know, again, all kinds of different people from different backgrounds. And like a ton of bricks, it hit me that, you know what? I am part of something much bigger than just myself and much bigger than just my local shtibel and much bigger than just my local uh, community. I'm part of something called Kalisrael. And of course, intellectually, I had understood that all along. I'd known that. Of course, you're part of Klal Yisrael. That's what you, you, know, you realize that you're part of Klal Yisrael intellectually. But then when you actually see, you actually hear people speaking about issues affecting Jews, whether they're around the globe or around the corner, wherever they may, wherever they may be, and you hear different perspectives on it from different people in different communities, it was an exhilarating moment in my life. And that, frankly, was the clincher 
that, uh, that made me decide that this is what I'd like to see. So if I'm part of Kal Yisrael, and, and, and I feel this sense of attachment to something bigger than just myself, right? You spoke about being idealists. Maybe I was a little bit of an idealist at the time, being attached to something bigger. So that means I have a responsibility to that which is bigger than myself. I have a responsibility not just to myself and not even just to my immediate family, but really to my large family, the large family of Kal Yisrael. And an opportunity to serve Kal Yisrael in this way was something which was very, very precious to me. And as I started working for the Agudah, I learned a lot of things, a lot of very interesting things. The first thing I learned was when Rabbi Sherer came into my office about a week after I had started and I had put up some pictures on the wall, he came in and started straightening out the pictures. I said, Rabbi Sherry, you're a busy man. You deal with Russia Yeshiva, you deal with United States senators and congressmen. You have nothing better to do than come and straighten out the pictures of my office. He says, that's probably the most important thing we have to do over here because you have to learn that you can't stand anything crooked. That's the first lesson when you're working for Kal Yisrael. You can't stand anything crooked. Everything's got to be straight, whether it's the picture hanging on your wall or whether it's the picture of, 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 of the larger world around us. Got to be straight. We've got to be straight. We've got to be glad. Another lesson Rabbi Sherat taught me early on in working for Agudas Yisrael. There was a particular issue, a sensitive issue. It had certain legal ramifications, so I was brought into the deliberations. And uh, we brought in a group of top-flight lawyers and, and experts in this particular area, and we sat around the table and we hashed through the issue. And basically it was a question of pursuing option A or option B. And the professionals sat around the table and they spoke about these two different options. And they said, clearly option A is much better than option B because option B has this risk attached to it and that risk attached to it. Option A is the safer way. Let's go with option A. So we, said, so we walked away from the meeting and Rabbi Scherer happened to agree that the correct choice would be option A. But he says, listen, um, this is a question we have to bring to our rabbinic leadership, to the Moetzes Kedali Torah, to the Rabbanim who stand at the helm of Agudas Yisrael, and we're going to present the issue to them. So I came into the meeting of the Moetz Kedalia Torah together with Rabbi Sherer, and the presentation was made. And here are the issues, and here are the two different approaches. Here's option A, here's option B. We brought together a, a group of professionals, of lawyers, who uh, analyzed the different options, and they are very supportive of, of going with option A. That's our recommendation. Distinguished rabbis, what do you say? So they said, so they said thank you very much, and they discussed the issue. They asked a few questions, and then they came back with their bottom line, option B. Option B. I was devastated. I thought this was such a terrible mistake. It's a terrible mistake. And I'm walking out of the room, and Rabbi Sherr is at my side, and I see he's walking with enthusiasm and with bounce in his step, and he's ready, talking about plans on how to implement this, this decision. I said, Rabbi Sher, what are you so excited about? I mean, I understand them. What's Kedalia Torah said something. You have to follow what they said. But, but you know that this wasn't the right decision. It, it, option B was clearly the better way to go. He said, Chaim David, don't you understand? A day like today is the reason I joined Agudas Yisrael. He said, you know, out there in the world, when they speak about Jewish leadership, how do you become a Jewish leader in the broader Jewish world? How do you become a Jewish leader? The way you become a Jewish leader, usually you have, a, you, have, you have a little money and you contribute money to whatever organization it may be and, that, and that, that contribution will enable you to assume a leadership role. Since when are rich people necessarily any smarter than anybody else and any more qualified or equipped to become Jewish leaders than, than, than others? So I didn't want that kind of Jewish leadership. 
I wanted the Jewish leadership, which would be leadership that is earned. And how do you earn leadership? By immersing yourself in Torah, by understanding the Tzaras, the problems that the Klai Yisrael faces, because people come to you with all their problems, by looking at issues through the lens of, 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 of Torah learning. So I, I wanted to come to an organization where ultimate decision-making authority was in the hands of the true Jewish leaders of our community, and that's the Rabbanim. Those are the, the Talmud Chacham and the Gedoli Yisrael. So a day like today when, hey, I don't agree with the decision either. I don't think it's necessarily the smart decision, but I have a Muna Shlema that these are the Manhigim in Klal Yisrael, these are the leaders of Klal Yisrael, and these are the people who have, who have to make these kinds of decisions. Now let's make it work. And he did. Made it work. It worked out fine. So that was another lesson that I learned pretty early on in working with Rabbi Sher. And then there was yet another lesson. And that was how precious and important every single member is. Every single person in Klai Yisrael has such an, a unique gift and a unique role to play. So on the one hand, yes, of course, we need the leadership of the Gedoli Yisrael, of the Talmud HaChamim, the Rashi Yeshiva, the Rabbanim, and so on. We need them. But we also need every single person to get involved, to feel a sense of responsibility, to feel a sense that, as I said, and I, as I felt at the convention, hey, I'm part of Klal Yisrael, and this is my family. And when there are problems out there and there are challenges out there, and I have some talent that I can use to help, I'm going to use it. Right? We heard before the example of the person who was blessed with a, with a beautiful voice, and he sings beautifully. So what do you use it for? So how about following the, the, uh, some of the, the, the major Jewish singers who go into hospitals and sing for cancer patients and bring a little cheer into their lives and do chesed with the special matana that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave them. And through the work of Agudis Yisrael and through the work of many other organizations in Klal Yisrael, there are so many challenges and problems that we face as a community. So many ways in which people can get involved and every single person has a, the ability to get involved and to make a contribution, whether it's a contribution of money, but more importantly, contribution of activity, of action, of getting involved, rolling up your sleeves and, and working on, on the issues and the problems, using your talents and bringing them in some way to this large, beautiful uh, uh, panorama called Klal Yisrael. That's what it's all about. And that's why Hashem created every single person with his own u- unique individual talents. And so we have people who are, who, who are not very, very uh, capable in certain areas, you know, and they may, they, may, uh, you know, they may not be the very best students in their yeshiva, right? And they can grow up and start something called Project Misora and, and, and bring... Klal Yisrael to, to new heights and exposing our, new generations of people to our Masorah. You can do it. One person can make a, a, a real difference in the world. And it's not just necessarily by starting new organizations and new things, but getting involved. Getting involved even here in your local level. I'd like to, am I allowed to say Dvar Torah too? Rashiva, is that Okay. This week's parsha. I've got a short little dvartar on this week's parsha, which, which ties in with what I'm trying to say now. This 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 point that Rabbi Shera taught me. 
Yaakov Avinu is lying on his deathbed and he's calling in all of his sons and he's going to give each of them a bracha. Right? That's in this week's Parsha Parshas Vayechi. He's going to give each one a, a bracha. So he says, he kavtsu, gather together v'shimu and come listen to what I have to say. Right? He kavtsu, gather together. I want you all together. And then he starts saying, Ruvein, this is for you. Shimon Velevi, Yehuda. And he goes to each individual shavit and gives each one each individual shavit his own bracha. So the question Rabbi Yankov Kamenetsky asks is, if every shavit was going to get an individual bracha, what was the point of hikavtsu? Everybody has to gather together. In other words, when I'm giving the bracha, Yaakov, you're saying to Yisachar, I want Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda to know what that bracha is. I want every one of the brothers to hear what Yisachar, the bracha that Yisachar is getting. They have to know what Yis- the bracha that Yisachar has. All of the Shvatim had to come together to hear each individual Shevet own bracha. Why? What's, what was the point of that? Why didn't Yaakov Avinu call each one separately into the room and say, Reuven, this is for you, Shimon, this is for you, Levi, this is for you, and go through all of them individually? After all, they were brachas for the individual Shevet. The answer is that there are 12 Shvatim in Klai Yisrael, and each one is equally chashuv. And each one has its own special role to play in Klal Yisrael. But we all have to understand that what we're doing is only a small part of the much larger picture. We have to know that. We have to know if we're Shevet Ruvain that there's also a Shevet Shimon and that there's also a Shevet Levi and a Shevet Yehuda. And every single Shevet, because every Shevet has its own unique role to play. But without that unique role being played by that Shevet, all of Klal Yisrael is lost. We need to have every single person, every single individual, every single shevet to contribute to the well-being of Kali Yisrael. So this is, I guess, uh, a message that uh, I would deliver when I speak to, uh, to, to, to young people, to boys in, at high school level or post-high school level. Very often, you know, the, 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 during the years of yeshiva, the focus is your own steiging, your own aliyah, that you should become B'nai Taira, which is, of course, very, very important, extremely important. But there's also another thing to remember, which is you're part of Klal Yisrael. You're part of a big, wonderful Klal Yisrael. Your future will always be intertwined with Klal Yisrael. There are always problems and challenges facing Klal Yisrael that you and you alone can help alleviate, can help fix, can help deal with. And that should be an ambition as you move forward to find your talent, to find your place and how you can contribute and make a real difference to Kali Yisrael. Whether it's through an organization like I Go to Yisrael, whether it's in other ways, and now is a good time to clap. I agree. Rabbi Yisai, we're going to dive Mincha now. Uh, after Mincha, Rabbi Zubel is still going to be here. If, uh, not for long, though. Not for long, not for long. No, no, no. Right after Mincha, please feel free to come up and uh, he wants to know your name and where you're from. And uh, after that, you guys are going to give him a, a quick tour of the campus and then he's going to go back for his... Really, uh, really, I want you to tell me what's so really special, as I said before, word is out in the, in the street about, about this being a special place. I want to hear it directly from you.